You're listening to Bible Truth Feed, a podcast by Christadelphianvideo.org for Christadelphians and all those seeking the truth about the Bible message. Join us now as we present our latest episode. Seeing, claiming your inheritance on the door, some people could have thought that they were coming for a solicitor's seminar where they'd be able to find out all about inheritance tax and things like that. Um, Because this really is where people very often come into contact with the idea of claiming an inheritance. And it's fraught with difficulties and families have been known to fall out and never be united. Well, we're not going to go down that pathway. You'll be relieved to know. (laughs) So let's start there. Sermon on the Mount, um, known to us all. And almost the first thing that Jesus said in his teaching was, blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. And we know, because Gary's just read it, that these weren't Jesus's words, but that Jesus was quoting from the Old Testament. From Psalm 37 and verse 11. Um, Can I say that Uh, The quotations that are coming on the screen are from the NIV, so they may be slightly different from um, your Bible if you're following in another version. But but that, I believe, is what Jesus chose to quote. And the people listening to him would have all known that because they they knew their their Bibles, their Old Testaments. They would go to the synagogue and have the readings from the scrolls. Also in that psalm, interestingly, in connection with the meek shall inherit the earth, are these words um, earlier on. Trust in the Lord and do good. Dwell in the land and enjoy safe pasture. Now, that kind of puts a different slant on things, doesn't it? Because whatever we thought inheriting the earth was all about, I'm not sure whether we would have thought about finding pasture for our sheep. But that's the context. Of course, the original um, was in Hebrew. And reading from right to left instead of left to right. That is what you would have read in the scroll. And I've highlighted in colour to make things a little bit easier for ourselves, the two words that really are what we're going to be dealing with this afternoon. So although it says earth, the word Hebrew word eretz can also be land. So earth or land. Uh, And Similarly, inherit could also be translated take possession. So these two words are going to be in the background as we try and explore things. 
Well, it's always a good idea, I was saying this this morning, to try and find where the first time that these words crop up in the Bible sometimes gives you a clue to what they're all about. And at first, this doesn't seem to be very helpful. But, but our word for inherit um, is there in Genesis chapter 15 in the early verses there. Now, we're going to go back and look a little bit more about how Abram got to be there, but you've got to picture Abram living as, an, in, as a nomad um, out in the, the wilds of what we call today the Holy Land, uh, and he is in conversation with the Lord God. Uh, and the Lord God basically says to him, I don't want you to be fearful. You're in a strange country. You don't really know what you're doing here or where you're going. I don't want you to be afraid because I'm going to look after you. And actually, I am going to give you, and it says reward. Uh, and that's a, there's a lot more behind that word than we might think. Because it's actually almost a, a payment by way of an agreement. So God is virtually saying, um, you've done your part and I'm going to do my part and you're going to receive something good from all this. Now, Abraham immediately thinks, well, what am I going to get and what good is it going to be to me? because I've got no one to pass it on to. Why? Well, because although he was married, he and his wife, Sarah, were childless. Uh, and so Abram is saying, well, when I die, all that I've got is going to go to my servant in the household. He's my heir, got no children. So, so that's the kind of dilemma that Abram was facing and yet in god dealing with that the whole every one of us are affected by it so let's let's go back a stage how is abram finding himself in the middle of nowhere and feeling fearful well i've actually skipped something here this is the danger of think putting things out and then talking off notes um as well as being told not to be afraid god took him outside and showed him the heavens and said you think you've got no children you think you've got no one to pass your inheritance on to no you're gonna have offspring as numerous as the stars in the heavens right that's the bit i forgot Apologize. So how did Abram come to be where he was? He was living in Ur of the Chaldees, quite a prosperous place. I think he probably would have had quite a good life. Uh, and yet I get the feeling that, well, not only Abram, but his, his father and the family didn't feel comfortable where they were living uh, and wanted to get themselves away. Um, what was going on? Well, we, we could conjecture. 
So a command was given that they leave behind that country and go to another land. Didn't know where it was, but to leave and go to another land. Now that takes courage, doesn't it? Um, that takes faith that God knows what he's doing. And the other thing that he's told, and this ties in with the stars in the sky, is I will make you into a great nation. All peoples on the earth will be blessed through you. Now, I want you to remember that phrase because we're going to come back to it towards the end. All peoples on earth will be blessed through you because that's where you fit into all of this. So. The Lord God, taking him from Ur of the Chaldees, and he's going to be given, according to Genesis 15, a land, Eretz, the earth, to take possession, inherit. So inherit the earth is there, although it's possessed the land. Same, same Hebrew word. So th this is what's at the center all of Jesus's, Jesus's words. Now, you'll notice on that map, um, a red line shows the route that Abram took. Uh, and you'll notice perhaps the word Canaan and recognize the Dead Sea, the Holy Land. But you'll also notice that he carries on and goes into the land of Egypt. So although God had promised him this land, he couldn't stay there. Uh, it, it, it wasn't supporting him. Uh, famines were going on. And so he carried on with his journey to find somewhere where he'd be safe and the family could be looked after. So down into Egypt they go. And then they come back into the land of promise. And this time the family's larger. They've got plenty of um, possessions and, and um, animals, um, and they find that really the land can't support them all living together. So they decide that they're going to split up. And so his nephew Lot is going to choose one area of land to live in, and Abraham will have the other. Where does Lot choose? Well, he chooses what looks to him to be the best land. And, you know, that's the way people think, isn't it? Um, I'll, I'll have the best that's on offer. So Lot went there. And if you know your Bibles, you know that that didn't turn out very well. Abram stays up in the hills. Um, and again, God speaks to him and says go through the length and breadth of the land for i am giving it to you i'm giving it to your offspring forever so th this promise keeps coming back god means what he says now there was one problem the land god told him and you could mark it on the map between the river euphrates and the river of egypt whether that's the nile is is debatable so all that land, which we call the Middle East, but other people were living in it. And there's a whole list there of nations um, underneath the map 
who were already there. I think for the most part, they were wandering around as nomads. But nonetheless, I mean, it wasn't empty. <laughs> Other people weren't living in it. So one, one thinks, well, that could be a problem for Abram, um, coming as a stranger into a land where people are already living. How are you going to get accepted? You know, it's something that goes on today, doesn't it? But the clue is in the Hebrew word for inheritance, possession, which you'll notice also means to seize, to dispossess, to inherit, uh, to disinherit, to impoverish, to occupy. So some of those uses of the word suggests that uh, land is going to be kind of taken and occupied, which again, isn't always straightforward, is it? Well, we may not realize that all of this that we've been looking at so far crops up again in the New Testament, in the letter to the Hebrews, chapter 11, which we often call the faith chapter. And it's interesting to see the comment or the slant that's put on it in Hebrews chapter 11. So, so we've got what we've already seen, um, the stars in the sky, also adds countless as the sand on the seashore. And then look at these words. All these people were still living by faith when they died. They did not receive the things promised. They only saw them and welcomed them from a distance. So this promise that's got, that God has made to Abram and his offspring, it never actually happened. And the reason it hadn't happened is because it is yet to happen. So that puts another slant on all this, doesn't it? And notice at the bottom of the page, they were to live as aliens and strangers. Now, I'm a bit like that. I'm a Brummie. I moved from England to Wales. And although I've been there a considerable number of years, I don't actually feel as if I quite belong. I mean, nothing nasty happens to me. But, you know, well, I can't speak the language for one thing um, and the culture and everything like that. But but that idea of being aliens and strangers, not really putting down roots because this is all temporary. That, that seems to be what's lying behind the words. And he goes on to explain why these men and women of faith should consider themselves as aliens and strangers. He's saying because they're not actually looking for something that's here and now, but, but something in the future, um, that, then they've got a different outlook on life instead they were longing for a better country a heavenly one and don't misunderstand that we're not talking about heaven but a, a heavenly country therefore god is not ashamed to be called their god for he has prepared a city for them 
So, so they're living in a land which potentially, eventually, God will actually make use of. But for the present, that they have not got to regard themselves as belonging to the here and now. So don't try and make the best of this life, which is often the way people live, isn't it? They try and get the most out of this life uh, and uh, and try to do the best they can. But no, these people are aliens and strangers, and it's something else. Um, all this is picked up by Stephen in a speech he gave, and we can read of it in the Acts of the Apostles, chapter 7, to the Sanhedrin. And he remarks upon this and says that God spoke to Abram and said, your descendants will be strangers in a land not to their own, and they will be enslaved and ill-treated for 400 years. Well, that's taken the sparkle off the promise a bit, hasn't it? Uh, I mean, having been told not to be afraid and, and God is going to bless and he's going to give all these things, he's then told that his descendants for 400 years are going to live in slavery and be ill-treated and actually not in the promised land, but in the land of Egypt. So. This is what we find in the book of Exodus, of course, and Moses. And it's, it's all well known to us, I'm sure, probably from Sunday school days. Now, when they come to leave Egypt, led by Moses, um, God speaks to Moses and says, well, I want you now to lead the people back to the land that I promised to Abram from Egypt. and." Look at the way he describes it. I'm going to drive out the people that were living there. Little by little, I will drive them out until you have increased enough to take possession of the land. So that was how it was going to work. This land with all these people living in it, they were now going to move into and gradually, because of God's help, they were going to take possession. But the word possession is not the word that is translated inherit. This is a, a different word, and it's talking about dividing an inheritance that a father might lead to his son. So there's something else going on here as well. And we've got to try and understand that. Well, advice is given to Moses and to the people. When you get into this land, when you become settled in there, I don't want you to start making agreements with the people. I don't want you to start joining in with their religion and their idolatry. Um, I don't really want you to have much to do with them at all because there is a danger that they will get in the way of you following my commandments and you may finish up um, being looked upon as sinning against God. So, so we're back to that alien bit again, aren't we? 
that although they're occupying the land, although they take the land now from other people and are settling in it, they have still got to make sure that they keep themselves separate. A little bit later, God explains to Moses how things are going to work, going to divide the land up, and you're each going to be given part of this promised land, and you're going to separate it out by the tribes. That Those were the sons of, of Jacob who originally went down into Egypt. And you're all going to have your inheritance, and it's all going to be distributed by lot. And that's a word to hold on to as well. But look at what else is said. The land hasn't got to be sold permanently. It's not yours to sell. The land is mine, and you are aliens, your tenants. Throughout the land that you hold as possession, you must provide for the redemption of the land. So he's saying you've got to look after this land because it is actually yours. It's mine. So we're almost seeing here that, that these promises that God made are, 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 again, not something that's really going to happen then, that they're almost on the probation, as it were, and are meant to look after that land of promise that, that God has allowed them to live in. So, so that stops you, I think, from being conceited and thinking, I'm important. It belongs to me. No, it doesn't. It belongs to God. And if you want to stay there, if you want to possess it, then you have got to meet my requirements. And so we read in Deuteronomy, it's following justice and justice alone. And of course, that is something that we can see from our own experience, it is very difficult to attain by man's laws and standards and behaviour. Justice is something everybody wants, but nobody ever feels that they've attained to. Being treated correctly, doing the right thing. So let's leave behind the Old Testament. We've looked at the, the background to Jesus's words that we think was, was there. Let's just go back to the New Testament. Here are Jesus's words again, this time with the, the Greek language. Uh, and we see that the meaning of the words are almost the same. Um, inherit the earth is this Greek word, which is really talking about arable land, which is interesting, isn't it? Because that was what the people in the Old Testament were going to do. They were going to farm land and, and feed themselves upon it. And it's still there in the Greek word that Jesus is using. And the inheritance is receiving by lot. So, again, that connects back to the, the Old Testament. Actually, the Greek, as the Greeks would understand it, would understand that a bit like putting some pebbles into a container and throwing them out and deciding, you know, which each person had got. Um, well, I'm not sure it entirely follows the Old Testament meaning, but, but it, it does carry with it the idea that you are going to have allotted to you something. 
So, so all that thinking, all those ideas are still there. But there's one other thing to consider. Back in Hebrews chapter 11, which talked about Abram and, and his faith and, uh, and all the things that happened to him, the writer in Hebrews chapter 11 goes back in time before Abram to Noah. And we all know the account of Noah and the, and the flood and the ark by which his family was saved. And look at the words that he used there. Noah became heir of the righteousness that comes by faith. So Noah was looking to inherit. Uh, and we, we've got here, again, righteousness, justice, the idea of living by God's standards. All that is part of the equation, as it were. So we've got Abram making his home in this land promised to him. We've got Abram living like a, a stranger. We've got him living in tents. But we've got his family who are heirs with him of the same promise. We've got Noah, who is um, part of the same thing. And oh, there's one missing. Right at the end of Hebrews chapter 11, the writer then includes everyone and says, we all are part of this. They haven't received God's promises yet because without us, it's not going to happen. So we need to understand then how we fit into all this. So, so far, we, we, we've looked at God's people in the Old Testament. We've realized that Jesus still sees it as relevant. So how does all this become meaningful to us and tie in with us so that we've got something to look forward to? Well, this is a brilliant chapter. If you're ever looking for a chapter to um, go and sit down at home and read through, this one is a good one. And it's all about what we've been speaking about so far. So Paul, in his letter to the Galatians, in chapter 3, you'll notice there in verse 18, makes reference to the inheritance to Abraham through a promise. So it's still relevant to Paul writing to the Galatians. And notice now that phrase I ask you to keep a hold on and remember. He says, God announced the gospel in advance to Abraham. All nations will be blessed through you. So we've got all that back in Genesis, which people might not think is relevant. And Paul is saying, this is the gospel. This is the gospel message, the gospel of salvation through Jesus Christ. It, it's all a part of it. And look what he says next. If you are baptized into Christ and are put on Christ, if you belong to Christ, then you are Abram's seed and heirs according to the promise. Well, isn't that wonderful? Because that shows us that everything that was being said to Abram, 
everything that was being described in Hebrews chapter 11, it all connects in with the Lord Jesus Christ and being baptized into his name. And so we find now a different way of looking at things. Things, have you ever noticed that when you're looking for something, it starts jumping out of the page at you? So, Matthew, Matthew's gospel, Jesus is talking about when the Son of Man shall come to the earth with the angels. The king will say, Come, you who are blessed by my father, take your inheritance, the, the kingdom prepared for you. Well, we now know what it's all about, don't we? We, we know that that is to do with the promises made to Abram, which you'll remember was physical land between the two rivers. So that's why I said, don't think of a heavenly kingdom as being up there. It's, it's not up there. It, it, it's, it's on the earth and it's all ties in. And just put up there two or three verses from the New Testament, which, again, looking through these, um, these spectacles that we put on about inheritance begin to mean something. So let's just read them together. Give thanks to the Father who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of the saints in the kingdom of light. Thy kingdom come, the kingdom of God. This is what it's all to do with. But, but there's something for the now. And here we go to Peter's first letter. He says, you, those who have been baptized into Christ, you're a chosen people, a holy nation. So we have to regard ourselves as being part of a, a people of God, just as those people who came out of Egypt were God's people. That you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. So we've had the picture of light in Colossians. We've got the picture of light in the first of Peter chapter two. We've got a contrast, dark and light. And I would suggest that the world we are living in is very much a dark place. And I don't think people are at all certain about what is going to happen in the future. But as God said to Abraham, we don't need to be afraid because God is in control and God has promised and he will bring it to pass. So how do we live our lives? Well, here's Peter telling us, dear friends, I urge you as aliens and strangers in the world to abstain from sinful desires which, which war against your soul. So consider your ways. Watch your steps. Don't go with the crowd. Think about what God would want you to do and try and walk in his way, which is the just way, but the righteous way, and which will bring you into the light of the light of the gospel. Final passage, very last one. Um, again, I'd urge you perhaps to go back after uh, this meeting during the week, perhaps, 
and just have a glance at the early verses of Revelation chapter 21. It's a difficult book. There are lots of things there that aren't easy to understand. But, but just look at these words and you can see how all those promises that God made are going to become a reality in God's kingdom upon the, this earth. So Revelation 21 is looking to a time when God will dwell with men and live with them. We could say, well, God's always here and God around, God around. But the, the fact that God is living with and dwelling with suggests something, well, to me anyway, something physical. And look at the, in picture language, what it's going to be like. To him who is thirsty, I will give to drink without cost from the spring of the water of life. So we will be provided. God will look after us. We will have those things that uh, are precious, the very life that we that we live. And he who overcomes will inherit all this and I will be his God and he will be my son. And I hope you can take comfort from those words and look to the future with confidence that there is a time coming, perhaps sooner than we think, when the Lord Jesus Christ will once more be on the earth and all these things that we've considered will come to pass. Thank you for joining us. We hope you found the episode helpful. Don't forget, most of these episodes are also available as videos on our video channel, cdvideo.org. So head over and take a look. If you have any comments or questions or suggestions, please get in touch or leave us a voice message. We love to hear your feedback. You can email us at bt f at cdvideo.org if you enjoyed the episode then please share it with others until next time may god bless you in your studies and your walk towards god's kingdom amen